Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. It's the last, the last verse of chapter 1. Today, God has some truth He wants you to know. Last week, we began working through the book of Jonah. Uh, we left Jonah sinking in the sea. God had told him to go and preach to the people of the city of Nineveh. But God, Jonah didn't like the Ninevites. So he ran from God. God told him to go to Nineveh. Jonah went the other direction. But God is the God of all creation. You can't run from him. He sent a storm to threaten the ship and the sailors ended up throwing Jonah into the sea. The storm stopped, the water was calm, and Jonah was left sinking to the bottom. Have you ever felt like you were sinking? You were all alone in the mess that you made. No one else can help you. Sometimes it's not our fault. Sometimes it's the chaos, all the busyness. It's too much to keep up with and you can't catch your breath. You might not be sinking into the sea, but you're sinking in your guilt, in your responsibility, the kids, your body is failing, debt, your job, anxiety, trying to do all the things that people expect of you. Secret sins, trying to be good enough, cool enough, strong enough. At some point, we all feel like we're sinking. And we are in too deep to find a way out. How many people in this room can relate to Jonah? I remember the day that I realized as a parent that I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> no matter how hard I tried, no matter how many books I read, how much advice I got, I couldn't do it right. I was sinking. Jonah 1, starting in verse 17. The Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying... I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. How shall I look upon your holy temple? The waters closed over me, to the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you. Enter your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. 
deliverance belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it spewed Jonah out onto the dry land. Let's talk to God. Father, may your Holy Spirit give us understanding into this word today that it might affect the way we live, that we might see you and seek you always as the deliverer. Amen. God is the deliverer. When you are in too deep, when you are sinking, God is the deliverer. For all people. We have all sinned and we deserve punishment, but God is the deliverer. We have different demons, different pains, and different chaos. But today I want to remind you of some truths about God the deliverer. First, God is able to deliver you. He is strong enough to do it. God is all-powerful over all of creation. He does whatever he pleases in the heavens and in the earth. Nothing frustrates him. He appointed a storm to stop Jonah, so he controls the winds and the rains. And then he commanded a fish he made a fish for the special purpose of swallowing Jonah up. He commands all of nature. Remember, this is the God who created everything from nothing. Remember, Jesus walks on the water. He heals the blood and the paralyzed. He commands life and death, and they obey him. The demons shudder in fear. There is no virus too strong, no sin too great, no person too far gone. There is no chaos too much, and you are never in too deep for him to pull you out. When you are sinking, seek God because he is able to deliver you. Second, God loves you enough to deliver you. Jonah says in his prayer from inside the belly of the fish, he, he, he called out to the Lord and God answered him. He cared enough to listen and to respond. He says, he says, God brought up my life from the pit. And then he says at the very end, his last statement, deliverance belongs to the Lord. You might say, Jeremy, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the thoughts in my head, so you can't say that. I don't. But God knows all your secret sins. He knows all the dirtiness of your life. He knows all your deep, dark secrets, and He still loved you enough to die for you, to bring you to be near to Him, to claim you as one of His children, he delivers you because he loves you. No matter what you have done, he waits. And when you come, he does not lecture you. He does not strike you, but he embraces you. And the tears on his face are not tears of sadness at where you've come from, but they are tears of joy at the fact that you are with him again. Jonah disobeyed God, and he ran the other direction. And when it got him into trouble... It's not that God put him into trouble, but when he got himself into trouble, 
God answered his cry. Why didn't God just let him stay, stay at the bottom of the sea? It's because he loved him. A third truth we see in the story of Jonah is that God is always doing more than you realize to deliver you. We say that again. God is always doing more than you realize to deliver you. God is always doing more than you think he is in your life. Always. Jonah simply wanted God to save him from the sea. But God is doing much, much more than that. God doesn't just deliver you from an addiction. He doesn't just deliver you from selfishness or illness or a relationship that's gone bad. He doesn't just... He doesn't just deliver you from your trouble. He is doing much more than just delivering you from momentary issues. He is delivering you from a whole being. He is delivering your whole being from being corrupted of sin. He's not just delivering Jonah from sinking in the sea. He is delivering Jonah from the hate and the doubt and the selfishness that made him the type of person who runs from God. He is making him a person who joins God, enjoys God, and delivers other people. He will deliver you, but in the process, he is going to make you a deliverer. God could, could have just sent a boat, right? I mean, if I'm sinking in the sea, I just want a boat. But that would not have delivered Jonah from the person that he had become. And that is why he sends a fish to swallow Jonah and then to spit him out. I mean, there's some grace in that because when you're in the belly of a fish, you're coming out one of two ways. And so spitting him out onto the beach... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got to praise God for the grace that He's given. Your deliverance may not look like you want or expect. It's so hard to see when you're in the middle of it. But what we need is to be able to praise God even in the belly of a fish. And say, God, I don't have any clue what you're doing. And God, it hurts. But I trust you even then. So I will praise you and I will trust you even in the belly of a fish. When the fish spits Jonah on the beach, God tells Jonah again to go to the Ninevites. And guess what Jonah does this time? He goes. Because God has delivered him not just from the sea, but also from his doubt and from his hate. God is always doing more than you realize to deliver you. The fourth truth, truth is a little harder to see. God points you to Jesus to deliver you. We will often call this story Jonah and the whale. But it's not a story about Jonah. And it's not a story about the whale. It's not even about the Ninevites. Even though he isn't even mentioned in the story, this is a story about Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 12, 
38 and following. He says, in the story says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But Jesus answered them. He said, An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so for three days and three nights the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth. So the people of Jonah will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. Because they repented at the proclamation of Jonah. And see something greater than Jonah is here. Now Jesus highlights the story of Jonah for a couple reasons. The most obvious one being that Jonah was in the fish for three days and three nights before, he, before coming out. And now Jesus is highlighting the fact that he will be in the grave for three days before he is resurrected. It's also, it's a miraculous sign. I mean, Jonah is sinking to the bottom of the sea. He's as good as dead. And then a fish swallows him. He wasn't digested. He wasn't given. He, he, he somehow had oxygen. And none of that makes sense. It sounds crazy. But so does the fact that a man will die on a Roman cross and then rise again three days later. It's miraculous. God generally chooses to work by natural means. He generally works by natural means. But in these cases, he does not. He defied the natural laws which he had put into place to govern existence, and he did something supernatural. But Jesus is much more than a reluctant prophet. Jesus doesn't just point to the story because it compares to him. It is because Jonah's story points to Jesus. Jesus isn't a prophet carrying a message. No, Jesus is the God who gives the message, and he has had enough. He is tired of this messed up world kicking you around, and so he has come to redeem you, adopt you, and fix you so that you can be a part of what God is doing in this world, making it a better place. I want to give you a rule for reading the Old Testament. A lot of times we read the Old Testament and we're not really sure what to do with it. So when we look at the Bible, we have an Old Testament and a New Testament. So the word testament means promise or covenant. The Old Testament is everything that happened before Jesus came on the scene. And the New Testament generally begins right, it begins right about the time that Jesus is being born or it begins with the, the, the angels telling uh, that Jesus is about to come. There's an old promise which God gave through Abraham, Moses, and the prophets. And we often characterize it by saying the law and the prophets. When we talk about the Old, the old Testament. It is the promise that God gave through uh, Abraham, Moses, and the prophets. And the new promise comes through Jesus. So Old Testament, New Testament. We have an old promise. A new promise. The old promise was good and right. But it was ultimately for the purpose.
purpose of pointing and leading to Jesus. Jesus fulfilled it. In Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says this. He says, do not think I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. He didn't do away with it, but what it commanded, he fulfilled for those who believe in him. We don't sacrifice like it says in the Old Testament because Jesus is our sacrifice that fulfilled all sacrifices. We don't need priests to connect us to God because Jesus is the one priest who always connects us to God. We don't need the laws of cleanliness as Christians because Jesus has made us clean. He has fulfilled all of those commands for us. But we still need to read and to know the Old Testament because it teaches us so much about who Jesus and God are and how to follow him. So when Jonah is living, Jesus has not been born yet. Jonah didn't know much about Jesus other than just that a special man would come and make everything that was wrong with the world right. But remember, God is always doing more than we realize. Jonah didn't know much about Jesus, but God did. The story isn't about Jonah, and it's not about the whale, and it's not about the Ninevites. The story is about Jesus, the Deliverer. In Romans 10, 13, God tells us that whoever will call on the name of Jesus will be saved. Jesus came to live a sinless life, to give to you. He died on the cross to pay the penalty that you deserve. And he rose again from the dead to give you a new resurrected life that is not bound to sin and death any longer. So that if you believe in him, he will forgive and deliver you from your sins and give you his righteousness adopt you into his kingdom and give you a new life that's empowered by the Holy Spirit to use you to help to deliver others. Often people, that they think that they will get there on their own. That they think that they can get right and then they can come to Jesus. But that's wrong. We are all in too deep. You will never get yourself out. Ephesians 2 says that we are dead in our sins and our trespasses. And dead people don't get up on their own. Only Jesus raises the dead. So right now say to him. Say God I can't fix myself. I fail and I'm separated from you. I'm in too deep. I believe that Jesus did what he says he did. And is who he says he is. And I want to follow him from now on. And if you believe that, you will not perish but have eternal life. You are a child of God. And that's why, that's why I get excited. Is because there's so many people around this town and in this community that you know and that you're connected to that need him. They need delivery not just from their momentary troubles, but they need deliverance into a life that's filled with joy and the glory of God working to make the world, the goodness that he created it to be. But the gospel isn't just for unbelievers. As Christians in this room, 
We often think the gospel is only for the unbelievers to get saved. And once, once we belong to him, we think we can forget about the gospel and move on. But that is not so. I need the gospel every day when I wake up. God delivers us over time to be more like Jesus every day. To love God more and to love others more every day. So it's not, it is true that he has saved us, but it's also true that he is saving us. You want to overcome the sin that still plagues you as a believer? So you try hard. You come up with strategies, but over time you still fail. Every time you start to make your way up out of it, you sink again. That's because you're in too deep. Don't focus on sin. Don't focus on overcoming it on your own. Instead, wake up every day and focus on Jesus. Love him, learn about him, speak to him, follow him, do what he would do. Don't focus on the roadblocks or the sin or the pain, but look only to Jesus and fill your mind so full of him there's no room for anything else. There's no space for sin. When you think about Jesus, there's no room for lust. When you are praising Jesus, greed is crowded out. When you're trusting him, fear has no place. When you are thanking him for what he's done, complaints and gripes can't get your attention. So today, know that he is your deliverer. Whether he has been your deliverer for 60 years or today is the first time you have called him. Whether in the small things of just getting through each day. Or whether you are on the run from God and sinking to the bottom of the sea. Today, know that he is your deliverer in all things. Let's talk to him. God. In this room, we need deliverance. In this room, Father, you know the hearts and you know where we are all at. Father, I pray that you would help us to see that our deliverance doesn't always come in the way we wanted or the way we expected. Because, God, you know so much more and you are doing so much more than we ever realized. God, but I pray no matter where we are, Father, whether we're sinking or whether you're in the process of delivering, Father, whether we've just been delivered, Father, wherever we are, I pray, God, that we would focus our eyes on you and that we would praise you for the deliverance. Father, I pray that you would use us to deliver others, to make the world the place you intended to be, full of goodness and joy and peace. God, I love you and I worship you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.